0: Welcome back to the Stages Podcast, Stage 5. See, I know it's the fifth stage because the Tour de France started on July 1st. So even somebody as dumb as me knows until the first rest day, because that'll obviously move things by a day, I know that today is, uh, is the fifth stage because it's July the 5th. And, which, and as I told our friends here uh, on Facebook Live, um, you guys listening at home can't see this, but I actually had to start the podcast with my sunglasses on because the fifth is the day after the fourth. And if somebody sees that truck... That 18-wheeler Fuller Rose that ran me over yesterday, will you please call the police? <laughs> Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, all fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code STAGES for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Check them out at www.seatgeek.com. Today didn't disappoint. I thought today was... Um, I thought, I, well, although I missed the prediction again, and in fact, you know, not only did I miss the prediction, but to me, Naro Quintana's Tour de France is over. Um, That's probably going out on a limb a bit, but uh, he didn't look good. I think the message here for these riders in this current generation is, is the Giro Tour double isn't what it used to be. It isn't
1: physically possible.
0: Well, you don't want to say it's not, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that could yeah. that could. I mean, Chris Froome might be able to pull that off, but you're you saw all the riders who did the Giro. They're they're not sharp, and this you know, especially a finish like today, sharp is what you
1: had to be right. Mm-hmm. Short, steep, punchy, you had to be sharp, and they were just they were just off. The days of doing more than one Grand Tour are over. If you really want results in one, you've got to be peaking at that time. Um, in theory, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: and it, it's just not to say that it's it's not possible but it you know the these guys are so specialized now right and they focus and of course and I can speak from experience the tour is so much bigger than anything else that that um, you really don't there's no incentive to try right I mean if 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 you're Chris Froome and Team Sky I mean the the the, the global exposure in and around the tour is a hundred times anything else so you know from experience as an American and, and riding for an American team that's all we care. you know people here in the United States, they don't know what the Tour of Italy is.
1: Hell, a lot of them don't even know what the Tour de France is. So right.
0: So but. it's important
1: for people to be piqued at that. And we saw some tired legs as we went up as they had this massive finish. Mm. Like it was like pitched to twenty percent, I at, think, at, at the
0: end. At the end. At the end. But that's you know, at the end, these guys at the end, they know it's the end, right? It's it's yeah. it, and, and and you know, I was I gotta say I was super impressed with Fabio Aru. His acceleration. You know, sometimes these guys make these accelerations in the mountains, and not to call them TV attacks, but they're or maybe they're just trying to size up the competition, soften up the competition. But when he went, he went, he went, and kept going. It was, it was. Uh, and they didn't
1: just let him go, right? I mean, they were trying to reel him in. I think at the beginning they let him go. Yeah, and then they yeah, clearly, too much.
0: you know, nobody, nobody tried to go with him. Yeah, there was no. Uh, there was no acceleration of tempo or no 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 increase in tempo from behind, so they they let him get a gap, perhaps thinking that he he would come back on his
1: own or. Did they not think he's an overall threat? No, because they, now he's twelve seconds behind. He's absolutely an overall threat. This is this right. is a kid who's won a Grand Tour. This is so. Not, how do they? Why do they let him go?
0: Um,
1: why again, did why did could Froome just not answer that? No, I think
0: he, you know, he showed later on that he was Froome and Port and. Uh, and others showed that they were strong, um, I, I think he could have gone. But, I, I, you know, yeah, they may, you know, he. he
1: it, I, I mean. This is something to watch. It's A, a rue in the mountains is something to watch. He's
0: asserted himself. He was one of the ones who disappointed in, in the stage one opening time trial. Um, but that acceleration today and to be able, even though it was only, right, only, a move of a couple few kilometers it's still significant he showed that that he has um quote unquote power
1: and so if you're Froome, are you just keeping an eye on somebody like that you got to be watching the time gap so it's like they may, may let him go off the off the front for a second but they're watching it. the next one he's watching well, the they, time gap they won't let him go again they won't let him go again. no and, and if and, he goes again alone it's because they can't follow okay yeah they might have let him go a little bit today and then somebody like Froome can make up some gap in the next time trial too over somebody like. Well, early. there's only one other time
0: trial. It's a, yeah. it's the day before Paris. It's 23 kilometers, twenty I think 22 and a half kilometers, yeah. which is is uh, also a technical time trial. Um, but that's that's short. I mean, you got to pay attention. I mean, if if any quote unquote climber that ha- say potentially has the yellow jersey going into that time trial, they'll find they'll figure out a way to time trial for 23 kilometers. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, they always do, and uh, no. They, they, again, I'm going to repeat it. They
1: won't let him go in again uh, alone, and if they do, it's because they can't follow. And for those who didn't see it, it was an uphill finish, very, very steep. Aru just attacks, and nobody could go with him. A couple people we saw break. We saw Quintana crack a bit, and you, you saw Balke who's who again did the Giro. There's
0: a rider who was for for almost the whole tour last year was. Uh, set in second, and uh, Contador couldn't go with him. Couldn't Contador, answer. The, the pistolero didn't have didn't have bullets today. Although he did come back a little bit at the end. Yeah, pistol wasn't firing. No, we've seen. I mean, I think we see who uh, you know who's going to contest this, the yellow jersey.
1: Okay, let's talk about some things where they were leading up to it, up to that uh, uphill sprint finish that uh, was going on, and that's yep. some of the team tactics. So. A lot today, we saw BMC on the front. Right. Why was that? If you, <laughs> that's a great question.
0: That's a great question. And not, I mean, I said yesterday that, that it's Sky's responsibility today to control that race. To I mean, Sky must out. be going, is it December 25th or is it July 5th? <laughs> what are they doing?
2: Mm-hmm. Why?
0: Why are, Why are you? What can you guess that they were doing? Well, you, that you know, they were setting up the stage for uh, for their lead rider Richie Port, but that's but it, not their responsibility. It wasn't a good what, strategy. What, those, those poor guys that are sitting on the front, those six guys that are pulling, they're, probably, they're like, that comes, over, that comes over the radio, like, "All right, boys, let's go to the front," and they're <laughs> everybody looking around, going, "Did do we get the radios mixed up here? Because we're on BMC." hmm. Uh, that makes no sense to me. Interesting. And, and it wasn't slow, and I, I noted to you earlier, JB, This this t- it, almost every one of these stages has finished ahead of the projected time, which um, it's great for the fan at home that wants to get on with their day, but that also really means that this they are not going easy. Right. This is a,
1: overall, it's a very fast-tempo tour. So
0: far, so far. I mean, you know, some of these days, I mean, when you look in the race book, you have the projected finish times, mm-hmm. and, they, and they, they base that on... You know, three different average speeds, like 40, 42, 44, right? So this is all, you know, so far we're, we're way ahead
1: of the fastest projected time. Another team that was doing some work on the front, caught you a little off guard, was Quickstab. And they had a guy in the break. What's going on there? Yeah,
0: again, uh, setting the race up for Dan Martin. Dan Martin, who little little, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize. Dan Martin is Irish. He is Stephen Roach's nephew. Uh, which I just think is interesting. You just asked me about the possibility of doing, um, the Giro and the Tour, winning them back to back. Stephen Roach won the Giro, the Tour, and the World Championships, which wow. has only been done I think, a couple few times. But uh, so Dan Martin, he, he, you know, he, he comes from a cycling family. But you know, Quick Step was, uh, you know, trying to set him up. He's driving. Right, you know, look, he got, got second play. He put four seconds into Chris Froome and Richie Port. And this is a kid who. When he made the move from Garmin to QuickStep, his career uh, really took off, and uh, he, he's a he's a he's a winner and a and a scrapper, and uh, so that's what they were doing. Why is the number fifty one significant? Yeah. So who who was wearing a oh uh, well, Aru's wearing fifty one. Fabio Aru's wearing fifty one. You know, for a long time, number fifty one was the most common. Or, or was the was the was the how am I let me say this right? It is, it is, I'm still a little nicked up. <laughs> Fifth, number fifty one was the winningest number in the history of the tour, outside of number one. Well, as I a returning think champion. I think for a long time it was even more than number one, but now um, you know, now number one is probably the winningest number.
1: Mm-hmm. But six, if you're not... six
0: of those went away, <laughs> <laughs> and one one eighty one went away. We think, but um, but before that, n- number fifty one is a very famous number. It's so just, and, and, and you know it's a lucky number Don't, don't think that 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 somebody on um Arū's team did not tell him the significance
1: of number 51. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a, a are, superstition. Are the, the He could win this Tour de France. Really? Yes. Are the pro touring cyclists very superstitious? Yeah, That's well, an look at, example. Yeah, of
0: course, look at the kid wearing number 13, this poor sap. He's got one of the numbers turned upside down. You guys when you, he was in the <laughs> He was on TV the other day, and I noted that he, you know,
1: they get freaked out about stuff like that. Oh, he was intentionally upside down that number. What do you think he? <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm not, I've, I've pinned a number upside down. Trust well, I'm, me. I'm glad you bring it up. These numbers
0: <laughs> do not pin on; they they stick on. They're stick so on. f- ons. It's the most annoying thing. Not so much for the rider, but for the staff that has to do the laundry that they, they stick on and they stay stuck on. So the, the really? whatever the sticky crap is, mm-hmm. it just makes a mess. So he stuck that
1: number thirteen on. To undo the bad luck of number 13. Yeah. Something else I didn't know about that I observed today is I was like, what is hanging out of that guy's Jersey? We're sitting there watching. You may have stepped out for a second and Dave Balch was with us and he's like, oh, that's an ice pack. That's a pantyhose full of ice. So let's talk about that. I was gone for that. And let's talk about the heat. They were talking about the heat, which depending on where you live in the world, 90 degrees can sound really hot or like nothing. Those of us that live in the middle of Texas 90 degrees doesn't sound that bad but when you're putting in that kind of effort with that kind of finish, 90 degrees I'm sure is very significant. yeah you saw you saw the, the anytime the riders uh, completely unzipped the jersey
0: mm-hmm. um, you know it's hot <clears throat> so it was about in, in Fahrenheit it was about 90 degrees so I, th- I think a couple things. one you know that's not Texas hot but it's for Europe that's hot mm-hmm. and I think it's we weren't there but I suspect the humidity. Was high, and but I think the most important thing is it was the first hot day, right? Where they started this, they were cold, cold when they the started rain. this race. Yeah, I mean you saw on day, well, obviously not in the in the in the opening time trial, but on day two, guys were wearing coats. Yeah. So in just two or three days, now they're
1: hot, right? So that's an adjustment that uh, that a lot of guys struggle with, and that could have to do with some of them cracking on that climb too. They're just they need a few days to adjust to heat. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but it,
0: this this you know well. Look, I mean, the first climb, and this is the first true climb, is always interesting. There are guys that just, you know, it sounds funny, but they need their climbing legs. They need yeah. to find their climbing legs, and so it's it's an adjustment. You're not riding fifty kilometers an hour on the flats, fighting
1: for position, et cetera. It's it's a different dynamic. And this wasn't one of those climbs where uh, maybe I'm I'm being out of school here, but you tell me you don't. It isn't a gradual thing where you get a rhythm and set in. That was just like. Boom, we're at the climb. Here's the finish. Let's go. Yeah. As a close, as opposed to like do the climbers like it when it's a slow buildup and you can get into a rhythm. It's a high tempo and as opposed to one that just hits you over the head really quick. I think
0: it's a couple things. Number one, most you know, summit finishes, most days in the mountains, there are two or three or four or even five real climbs before. So that, you know. What we saw today well well I think we can make a lot about Aru's performance and speculate on how he'll do long term. I'm, I'm long that stock. Um, you know, this wasn't a true mountain stage I mean this is a six kilometer uphill finish steep yes, but there was not you know, there was one category four climb that doesn't soften up anybody's legs. Mm-hmm. So but if you get into a day where you have three, four or five major climbs, the, the dynamic of the race obviously slows down those attacks like a roommate become harder and harder to do. Um so we we won't, you know, you'll see a different
1: dynamic when you have those those days which are true mountain stages. Now let's talk a little bit about Sagan because it's it's not exactly a closed chapter here. I mean it is for well, him, well, It, it is closed. Friends.
0: It is closed.
1: But you were pretty you were still um, hot about it had last to night. I changed my shirt.
0: <laughs> I had I had a shirt on that I was going down to the parade and and i walked back home from studio a and i was like I took a whip. i was like whoa i got to change my shirt i got you were mad i i was mad and i and i'm still mad i'm and what a and i'm not going to say any bad words cuz i got that email from the mom who listens at home with her kids and i used a bad word yesterday cuz i was i was mad
1: and i'm still mad Well of course what we're talking about is peter sagan being dq'd from the entire Tour de France, the, all the remaining stages, everything's done. A guy who was going to—I think he—I believe he was going to be tying the record for the most green jerseys. He had—he had a lot on the line. Yeah, well, guess what? He's going to get the record. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. He's still got enough years of course. And, yeah, Are you kidding me? But it was very controversial. In your opinion, yesterday you were very outspoken about it. The elbow didn't come out until. Uh, Cavendish was already going down. Cavendish was trying to go somewhere that wasn't there. There wasn't a lane there. You felt feel like he got robbed. And even last well, night, I mean, it was like. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not picking sides. I think the decision's wrong. I, I'm a fan of
0: Mark Cavendish. He's a, he's a personal friend, you know, and I don't know Peter Sagan. I raced with him. I had a little bit of crossover with him, but I don't know him. I'm just saying the, the call by the jury was wrong. Well, now here's, they're both out of the race. By the way, two, right? not only is Sagan the biggest athlete in this game, most, you know, draws the most attention, et
1: cetera, et cetera, but so is Mark Cavendish. So they just lost two of the biggest stars of the race. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot well, as far as bringing in fans, huh? Well, here's Peter Sagan's press conference from yesterday. I love this guy's accent. Of course you do. <laughs> How can you not? I'm, he's so entertaining. I don't make a s- rape. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says that at the in the interview. If he, right. I want to hear it now, because if okay. he says that... <laughs> wow. All right. This was his press conference yesterday after finding out he's been disqualified.
2: Then, uh... First of all, hello, everybody. Thank you for coming here. Sorry to... Yeah. I didn't do some, uh... Some report yesterday or something, but I think was uh, not good time. And, uh, today... I can do. I can just accept the, the decision of the jury, but for sure I am not agree with them because I, I think I didn't do something wrong in the in the spring. What is very bad, that Mark, oh. yeah, fell down, and uh, that is important if uh, he can recover it well. I'm sorry for that, but. It was uh, how you see already, also on the internet. It was uh, yeah, crazy sprint. It's not the first one like that, and it's not last last one like that. And uh, so I yeah wish to mark uh, recovery well, and uh, and that's it. What mm, is get. it. <laughs> A lot Although of that I don't oh. do the rape.
1: <laughs> <A> lo- <laughs> I think that's what he said. <laughs> just, I can't tell what he's saying. I love it. But a lot of comments I was seeing on our Facebook feed from yesterday is mm. people were referring to the countless number of elbows that Cavendish is throwing. Mm. It's part of the sport. It's not neither one's good or bad. They both are and I went back and I was listening to something from the day before, stage 3, and you were talking about Sagan and needing to have that aggressive sprint attitude and throw your elbows and elbows to give you space.
0: Yeah. And I and I think that why is Rob Kardashian trending on Twitter? That's that's weird. Is That's off subject, right? <laughs> it is a no, little bit. Because the, the, uh, I wanted to look at something on Twitter. But the elbow, you know, that gives you space. And I do think, and we don't need to talk about this really anymore, but I do think that that elbow, that elbow didn't knock down Mark Cavendish. No. Cav was on his way down. I did see an interesting tweet from somebody. And, you know, you're big into these barriers, et cetera, but they have these, I haven't seen, and maybe I haven't paid enough attention, but now they have these, these sort of red these pop-outs were that that have ads and have their sponsors on them they I actually, saw that the one they they that he hit jut out so he he did hit that it,
1: it absorbed his fall a bit yeah not or, not or, enough to keep you from going or portable. took
0: him what if the thing's not there uh, yeah so yeah. who knows i mean but but i i the elbow didn't take him down and we're not going to we're we're going to stop talking about this but and and i do think that the elbow was him actually trying to catch him he
1: was also Losing it a little bit. What do you do if you're Sagan, though? Do you just go home and and start planning for and get in the Vuelta? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> he's such a, a free spirited dude.
0: He's you know, he's probably thinking, okay, cool. My
1: season's over. No, no, well, I'm going to go
0: sit <laughs> on the beach for a few weeks. Okay. And he, by the way, no, you know what he's thinking? I think I got this right. Either his wife's pregnant or he just had a baby. I think he just had a baby. So he's probably say, all right, cool. I'm going to go home and hang out with my new baby. You know, the other day we talked about, <clears throat> well, we talked about it a couple times, and I, I just sort of uh, was curious or wondered if these sprinters get scared. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it's it's so fast and so sketchy that they have to get scared, and then I got this text from Lawson Craddock, young young professional on, on Cannondale, who also lives in Austin, who sent me a, uh, a text and said, "Sprinters, sprinters don't get scared." I posted that on my Instagram. I'm like, yeah, oh, my God. That's insane if they don't get scared. Mm-hmm. I just got a direct message from Greg Henderson, who, Greg, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Greg raced on the Pro Tour for a long time. Uh, he's now racing, I believe, here domestically for a, a domestic team. He's an Australian guy. He says to me on this DM, he says, should I do it with the Australian accent or not? Sure, try uh, it. What the heck? Nah, but people make fun of me. <laughs> um, sprinters do get scared, mate. Mate. 5k to 2k is freaking scary when lead out is open it's all adrenaline that takes over when you're in a position to win you never actually think consciously it's instinct from that point mm-hmm. so here's a guy who's sprinted against the best in the world and and also later in his career was 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 part of that train he was like the, he was the mark renshaw for Cabinet. he's the last guy mm-hmm. which you're, if you're the last guy to pull off you're in the sprint right and so interesting perspective he says it is scary.
1: Yeah. It's terrifying.
0: Yeah. It's got to
1: be terrifying. Yeah.
0: But I think it's it, he says you know they don't think consciously. Well, it's instinct at that. I mean you see it happens so fast. And even in watching it, not to go back to it again, but that's why people thought that that elbow knocked down Mark Cavendish because it happened so fast. It only <laughs> only you know, if if we didn't have slow-mo and replay, we would have thought he knocked him down with his elbow. But when you go back and look at it, that didn't what happened. Have I mentioned that I disagree with this decision to kick him out? No, you haven't mentioned that. Let okay. us know. Well, okay, why disagree? It. Okay. I'm going to send an email in. So to one to, of the... to Stages
1: podcast at we do sport. I'm going to send an email in. Well, with Sagan getting kicked out, this this comes into play as we look at tomorrow's finish. Yep. Which you say is very technical. But well, M- you know mean, it is it, it, I'm, look, I'm I'm looking at. We don't know
0: how I mean, we're not there. We're not, you know I I do I will say I enjoy Christian Vanderveld's, when they film him riding through the finish and kind of going turn by turn, I think that's super compelling. I would Mm -hmm. love, you know, we don't have that opportunity to do that on this show. So all we do is look at the book. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at this book, I see a lot of turns in the last seven kilometers. You see a sharp left at 2K to go. You see a roundabout, right, which is like the worst thing uh, with 1K to go. And then it almost appears. For our friends on Facebook Live, you can actually look at it. It almost appears that, like, 200 meters before the finish, there's another roundabout. So surely, I'm thinking... It got removed? They're going to take that out. I mean, you can't have a a, a roundabout with 200 meters before the finish. Or it's going
1: to be carnage. It has has
0: to be gone. We could probably Google... No, it wouldn't... Yeah. Anyways. We'll see tomorrow. But it's...
1: This... uh, Looks a little technical to me. So, does that... Kicking Sagan out. Where I was going with this? Does that send a message to any other of the sprinters? Did, were they using him as an example of, you know, don't you cannot be that physical in a sprint, or does it matter? It's business as usual tomorrow.
0: Oh my god! Hang on one second. I just I just got a DM from George Hincapie. George, I thank you. George is tuning in live.
1: He must be catching the Facebook.
0: Feed yeah, he's live on Facebook, and I really messed this up. He says it's a New Zealand accent, bro. Uh, word for word. Sorry, sorry to Greg Hinder. That's like the worst insult you can you can say about an Aussie is is or about a Kiwi is call him an Aussie. <laughs> Serious. I'm blaming the
1: fourth for that. I'm taking the fourth on that one.
0: Yeah, Kiwi. Jeez. <laughs> Okay, sorry. All right, let's
1: wrap up talking about this finish tomorrow yep. and your predictions. And then I've got some comments I pulled from Facebook okay. that I'd love to bounce off. Of. I'm going
0: with Kittle again. I think I I just although this kid yesterday Damare, this French kid, granted that was not a normal sprint. It was a it was a, it was as we said yesterday a race of 20 guys. But did you I mean, it wasn't like he was sprinting against a, you know a bunch of uh, you know, bellhops. I mean, he was he was sprinting against some fast people. He was moving. By the way, too, it it, it, it got totally lost in this controversy with Sagan and Cavendish. The move he made on Buhani, go back and watch. Nobody even looked at that because they were so consumed with watching Mark Cavendish yard sale Mm -hmm. and disqualifying Sagan. Look at the move he put on Buhani. He completely chopped him. I mean, Buhani had to just stop his sprint. So, but nobody even—it was like so I didn't even catch it. You, if you go so back th- and look at it, and you know, you have to kind of read through all the stuff online or on Twitter or on the, the cycling sites. But he completely chopped him. So, did, would a rider like that go protest?
1: Um, I, I have a feeling oh. his protest fell on uh, deaf ears. Okay, and and on that note, did <laughs> did yesterday? Did Cavendish or the or his team have to file a protest for it to be looked at? Uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, um, or no. I don't think the so. The governing body just took their own... I don't think so. It's just... An
0: act of violence. Come on. Rolf Aldog, you know you should know better. The director, cabinet's director. Come on. You raced at this, the highest level. He called it an act of violence? Yeah. It wasn't... Anyways. So this Damari kid is quick. Okay. So... But he doesn't have the... He doesn't have the train, right, that... The lead-out. That, that Quick-Step has. Quick-Step also, too, now has has um, another horse in this race. Dan Martin is is a, is an overall contender for this bike race. And so, you know, I don't think they sit around and go, oh, my God, are we a sprint team? Are we a GC team? But
1: they got a GC player now. All right, let me bounce some comments off you. This will be fun. Some of them are all over the place. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Jacob Lindstrip. Writes uh, greatest athlete ever saw you in the World Championships in Oslo in wow. ninety three yeah many moons ago wow it's
0: been so long ago that the World Championships are back in Norway again this year
1: nineteen ninety three what is that twenty four years ago God Sudeep Lavanya says I'm facing testicular cancer mm. and can use a word of motivation Sudeep, hang in there you know the, the the bad news is is you have cancer.
0: If there's any good news is is you have the most treatable and curable form of cancer known to man so uh you know the 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 treatment and the standard of care for that particular type of cancer is pretty standard and with that standard care you have cure rates in the 90 plus percentile so there you go you can you can you can hang on that one and then just know that uh you know every all of us here in studio a everybody listening on facebook live or listening on itunes or whatever
1: Sudeep, 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 strong. Hashtag Sudeep strong. There, you. there you go. Yep. Uh, Arno Wolford writes: "There's only one boss, and his name is Bruce Springsteen." Lance is a good second, though. <laughs> Dan Lavelle writes: "I hope he doesn't want me to argue about that." <laughs> no, no, you okay. can't argue no, that. No, no, I didn't no. think you would. No. Dan Lavelle writes: uh, "How do you have? How have you been with keeping your French going?" Are you losing it, yeah. or do you have anyone it to would, practice it, with?
0: No, I can't. It was so bad from the get-go that I couldn't have lost it. It wasn't even.
1: Yeah. Li- you lived there for a yeah. good length of time. It never got good. No. What about when you lived in Spain? How was your? How was your Spanish? I learned day? more
0: Spanish not from living because I lived in Drona, so that they don't, you, you hear more Catalan than you do uh, Spanish. In fact, they you know they're locally they frown upon speaking Spanish, but. Um, I learned more Spanish just because most of my team was from Spain. So just okay. Johan would be on the radio, race radio, and, and talking to those guys in Spanish. So you
1: just, it's like,
0: you know, it's like I why I would pick up Flemish. Right? So interesting.
1: Uh, Paul Whitman Jr. writes, what is the deal with gauze in Tony Martin's nose while warming up? Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: you know, for the TTs, uh, you know they, what they do is they—I don't know if it's gauze or if it's like a cotton swab—they'll mm-hmm. take it and they'll dip it in some sort of like a uh, like a menthol or something that opens up the nasal passages. And so that back in the day, you saw everybody do it. it's, yeah. rare, it's rare that you see people uh, do that now. But that's—he's um, kind of old school. I can see why he still does that. I, I and, didn't notice that.
1: And uh, on that note of warming up. Something that people are curious about when you have a, a summit finish is you've got to cool down. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, and um, actually, Todd DeBuff, who's in our studio with
0: us today, the president of TopRack Boxy, asked me about. it. He's like, "Why, why are they riding more? Haven't they had enough?" <laughs> right. And um, I mean, the reality is, is, is obviously today is a is a shining or a, a solid example. When you have a finish like that that's uphill, finishes with 20%, they are going as hard as they can go. So this idea that you just get off the bike and stop, well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that's probably not a good idea. Let's just spin the legs for 10 minutes. You know, I I suspect uh, most of the guys now do it on every stage. And it just, you know, even the flat days, they're so fast and so intense. They are going hard. I mean, there may not be a selection in the group, but they're going hard, so... Uh, hop on the trainer, or the roller whatever it is spend 5-10 minutes just to kind of flush out that lactic acid and, and I think it makes a big difference uh, going into the next day
1: I think on an upcoming podcast and we do have a lot of time we're only 5 you know stages into this yeah We'll get into some of that pre and post ride uh, practices because and cyclists are weird their feet are in the air all the true. time that's and it's just true. weird
0: you know, you know you know what's interesting too and I'll just make note of this not that we would ever see this or even a you on uh, at home but if you're at the race and you see and it's a flat day and it's later in the tour and you see a guy warming up for a 200 kilometer stage. He's, guess he's, guess who's the first one to attack?
1: He's, he's going at the gun. He's going from the gun. Yeah, it's a dead. So
0: typically, you see it later on when teams haven't won a stage, a rider hasn't. You know, they they they're wanting something. When you see homeboy out warming up, you know who's going. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Rob Ayers writes, "What's the best beer to drink while watching the Tour de France?" Uh, <laughs> well, we
0: watch it at seven in the morning, so coffee. I don't.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't drink that early. Maybe he's watching, you know, the Australians watch, and it's like midnight. Yeah. 1, 1 a.m. Yeah, well, finishes. They can drink foster They can drink whatever. But whatever. although they show it all day long, so you could... you Could uh, Could you climb a pass in the Alps today? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. It would be so
0: much slower. It would be... It's funny, because I... I, uh, uh, I, watched, I was, uh, Well, George Incappy was just over there. We should talk to him about it. He just rode the Voluntour. I mean, you just you just look you, you need more gear on the, on the back on the you know in the, in the in the rear end and then and then you just go slower i mean that's that's the
1: reality but yeah you could you could, I could get over anything okay uh, if you want to send a comment have any questions we're going to be answering a lot of more of your questions going forward stages at we do sport.com it's w e d u sport.com Send the link to your friends to subscribe if they haven't gone on. Oh, hey, I'm going to pat you on the back because I don't think you will on this. Okay. The this podcast five days into it. Well, today's day five, four days into it, has cracked the top ten of recommended podcasts on iTunes. It's crazy. I, I, That's huge. I, there was a fellow that tweeted
0: tweeted this at me, and I was sort of like, kind of rubbing my eyes, going, "Am I seeing this right? It's nuts." For a uh, podcast uh, to only
1: have four episodes out, I love it, I'm and, to, and for iTunes to take notice and put it in the top ten of recommended, yeah, thank you very much to the folks at Apple. Yeah. Whoever's in, they Whoever. have editors, they have editors that decide what goes in that love list. It. Love it, and they must figure. I mean, I don't know if we're gaining some traction or just or
0: what, but we certainly appreciate it. And then speaking of podcasts, I just not this is kind of a shameless plug, but my main podcast, The Forward, I got a really special one this week. FK Day is a is a. Heck of a guy, neat guy, one of the founders of SRAM. But more importantly, started an amazing nonprofit called the World Bicycle Relief. And this is big month for them, 200-year-old or 200-year birthday for the bicycle. They have a big fundraising effort. They have a matching set of donors up to a quarter million bucks. So if, you, if you're bored and it's a shorter one, it's about 45 minutes, go listen to,
1: uh, to FK&I talk. All right, stagespodcast.com to get all of the feeds. Whatever you like to use, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever works best for you. Post it on your social media and share it with your cycling friends. You know, yep. whatever reason they have to tune in, they may not know about this yet. And spread the love. We'd appreciate it. What's on the agenda for you today besides recovery? Me, uh, some hydration. Yeah, we're,
0: no, yeah, we're about to. I'm going to go uh, look. Uh, what, what does the shirt say? For the listeners, you can't can't see it, but I'm going to go suffer a little. What, what do you have in store? I'm going to. I don't know. I'm just gonna go suffer. I like to suffer. (laughs) Suffer fast, baby.